Good afternoon. It's Thursday, November the 17th. My name is Cleo O'Flynn and you're welcome to English Time. We're on air in English here on Radio Suradeje every Thursday from 1 to 1.30 and you can listen back to the programme on any of your online platforms or through the links that I'll post on the Adeje Town Hall Facebook page. Today it's tourism, rallies and a few explainers. But first let's have a look at some of the local news. This week, Adeje hosted a day-long event on alternative proteins 100% vegetarian with debate and information on sustainable and vegetarian gastronomy. The event was organised by Acri Canarias, directed at professionals in the sector. Raquel Rodriguez Alonso, who is Councillor for Economic Development, said that meetings like this are essential in getting to know the needs of the sector to help us prepare the necessary tools that will allow Adeje gastronomy to continue to evolve. Tourism councillor Adolfo Alonso Ferreira was also present at the event, stressing the importance of gastronomy as part of the overall tourism offer. Aleje students have just completed a course designed by the Council in conjunction with the Tenerife Coastal Action Group under the Maresia umbrella with funding from the European Maritime and Fisheries Fund. The training allows students to work towards a certificate which will see them work on different kinds of merchant and commercial vehicles like ferries, cruise ships, tourist excursion boats and more. The annual Tapas Route, which is part of the Degustami Gastronomy Month here in Adeje, is up and running with delicious foodie creations from 19 different cafes and restaurants in Adeje. More information on eating, voting and the competition on rutadelatapa.adeje.es. The Adeje Department of Sports has published a list of 15 main events from now until the end of the year, including the 31st Rally Villa de Adeje, which has been part of the national rally circuit for a number of years now, and this year will decide who's named Spanish champion. The rally will be on November the 24th to 26th, and we'll hear more about that later in the programme. Other sports featuring in coming weeks include foot volley, karate, cycling, football, swimming, tennis, wheelchair tennis, pigeon racing and paragliding. Worryingly, drowning is one of the primary cause of deaths in the Canary Islands so far this year, with 59 deaths already recorded in 2022, and that's without including any migrant crossing losses. Eight out of every ten deaths are tourists, 70% at sea and 30% in pools. And finally, an official bulletin issued today by the regional government names 79 vestiges of the Franco era in the Canary Islands, with the headline news being a recommendation to Santa Cruz to remove the large statue at the bottom of Las Ramblas, the archangel named, ironically, the Angel of Peace. You're listening to English Time, Radio Sir Adeke with Cleo O'Flynn. Now, I have managed to track down uh, probably one of the busiest men in Tenerife at the moment, David Perez, who is the Chief Executive Officer of Turismo de Tenerife. Thank you for finding time to talk to us. Are you on a plane, off a plane, at an airport? How are you doing? <laughs> I am a home worker today. Oh, it's homework so, today. Okay. Yes, here you're, in Arona, the south of the island. Oh, okay. You're really at home. You're in Arona because <laughs> before you went to work for Tenerife, you were uh, the tourism councillor for Arona, which is when we first got to know each other. Um, you're b- just back from London, which is yeah. the biggest, most important tourism market in the world. This is the world travel market. 
What's the global feeling about tourism and and the feeling for the Canary Islands in particular at the moment, David? It was a very busy World Shower market, the first one after the pandemic without restrictions. So very busy and in this occasion a very productive and very effective as well. So we are very happy about the last World Shower market. Okay, and I mean there was no worries the the kind of the Ukrainian war um, and the cost of living crisis didn't 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 make people nervous. There was a good feeling of positivity. Exactly, because all of the big tour operators say to us, um, forecast provision for next year uh, are increasing even with two digits, more than 10% in, wow. in, in both of the cases. And don't know. So um, depending on the situation of core inflation and, you know, how is the, 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 the general situation, but at the moment the forecast is very, very optimistic. Okay. I, I mean, I listen a lot to, to British radio, to Irish radio, to American radio. And, you know, with economic f- worries that families are experiencing in the primary market, which is the UK, is there a worry that it might affect numbers, even with what you're telling me? I mean, that one thinks the first thing that people might decide to to cut is a family holiday. Though I was speaking to somebody from ABTA last week who said it's the last thing they're going to cut because people need a break. So, I mean, there wasn't a feeling that people are going to stop going on holidays, was there? Exactly, but the the, the, the big tour operator, the, the travel agents told us the families, the people in general, prefer to cut the city breaks, for example, oh. uh, instead uh, the, 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 the sun holiday. So uh, this is, uh, you know, for British people, this is the first and then the rest of the, of the holidays during the year. So it is still like almost something that's essential rather than a luxury is to have one break with the family every year. Exactly. That's important. And, and, and that's the, 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 the thing everybody told us in there. That's good. That's kind of good to know. I mean, I wonder as well, looking at the web, the internet, the way people are traveling, are people looking for new experiences after the COVID pandemic? I think so. But in any case, Tenerife is, you know, the perception of destination has changed a lot because uh, our multi-experiential offer uh, is now uh, uh, very... The value for the, 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 the trade is, you know, it's not done, done before when everybody was asking us about the allotment, about the hotel, sand and beach, and the classical offer. Now the, the, the tour operator, the travel agents, is asking us about hiking, about heritage, about culture, uh, about our big events during the year, uh, Spartan Race, uh, Blue Trail, uh, Cultural and Business Pride, uh, you know, these kind of things. So the perception of Tenerife is changing and the people is looking for new experiences as well. And uh, from what I'm, I'm reading elsewhere as well, that the issue or the whole idea of a quality tourism, quality tourist as well, that someone is here probably maybe going to spend a little bit more money and that's important because the island can only hold so many people too. So, I mean, I think that is probably factored in as well, is it, David? Exactly, but what is the quality? I think there's people concerned about the culture, about the heritage, about gastronomy, about different things. So that, that the quality is in there. And of course, the spend will increase as well with all of these activities in destination. Okay, and are we adapting as well? I mean, is the island adapting? You mentioned uh, the Blue Trail Run, you mentioned Pride. There were some amazing music festivals last summer. Um, 
I mean, are we are we making and moving away from the beach as the only destination for tourists? Because the new profiles come into the tourism market, they are looking for experiences besides Simon Beach. Simon Beach is important. Our our climate is you know is key. But however, the people want to add some more experiences to their holidays, and, and that's the thing I think Tenerife is offering to all of them. We are the more diverse destination in Canaries. And I would imagine just off the top of my head from, from what you're saying that it also means that we're looking at bringing new tourists. Families are really, really important, but, you know, maybe people who are digital nomads, people who want to come for a month and stay in three different places in the islands. So, I mean, is the island adapting to that kind of alternative tourism, I suppose you could call it? Yes, I think so, definitely. Okay. Definitely. And listen, very important, I know you have worked really, really hard on this, is the American connection. Um, and I think it's, it's, it's successful and growing, am I right? Exactly. The flight is very important, of course, but there are a lot of people arriving throughout different hubs like Lisbon, London, Madrid, even Frankfurt. So we, we increase also the, the number of Americans visiting there. Tenerife, but uh, the fly will continue next summer, and we are working so hard to to get the the, the a continual flight during the year, and no a seasonal flight just for summer season. So this could become a regular weekly connection with with Tenerife and New York. Yeah, and, and, and we are sponsoring a lot of events and promoting a lot in in the east coast east coast of USA. For example, we have been last. Week in Las Vegas in the Signature Congress. This is a, a premium a congress for travel agents, but we will sponsor uh, the Ustoa the Congress at the end of this uh, month in, in Austin, Texas. Ustoa uh, is the, 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 the Tour Operators Association in USA, so we will see if finally we can, we can uh, grow in the, in, the, in the USA market, but the forecast is very positive and very optimistic as well. I have to ask, if you were in Las Vegas, did you get to see a show? I mean, did you have time? Uh, yes, yes, <laughs> bit, but you know, this is very, uh, I, it, tourism is my passion. So when, when, when you are working with passion, everything is possible. Well, it, you, it has been your life's blood for many, many years, and um, you seem to be making a really good go of it in in Turismo de Tenerife. So, congratulations for what you've done. It's it's very positive. The word sustainable tourism is also very, um, very much mentioned these days. Do you think that will also be part of the future, David? Just before you go, my last question. Yeah, that's key. That's key. Absolutely, because this. It's not just only about the environment, it's also about the economical and social uh, ODS sustainability is a, is a big expression because it, we, we are working all of the ODS and, and the, 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 the people, the new profiles, like I told before, mm-hmm. arriving to the tourism market, they are asking for these kind of things to, to, to choose the, the, the destination who is concerned and working about some sustainability concepts and, and that's very important. David Perez, who uh, is the CEO for Turismo de Tenerife, thank you again for talking to us. We will catch up with you again. And if you ever need English time to do a special program from Las Vegas or from Austin, Texas, we're at your service. 
why not? Thank you so much. <laughs> David Perez, thank you very much. Thank you. For the latest news and in-depth interviews from here and abroad, don't miss English Time. Radio Sir Adeki. The nice thing about cultivation is connecting with the land to sow the seed. The nice thing about cultivation is connecting with the people enjoying the produce you've grown with care and attention. Adeje Farmers Market, cultivating connections in partnership with Mercados de Canarias. You're listening to English Time Radio Sir Adeje with Cleo O'Flynn. There's been a lot of coverage about free bus journeys from Titsa and and people have you know, obviously, wonderfully gone, you know, gone a bit wild about it, saying now nobody will need to pay for bus rides all over the island. I just thought, let's actually explain what's going on. Okay, well, what is going on? As usual, everybody gets hold of an idea and runs with it as though it's going to become reality for everyone next week. And the actual reality is that every year the government, like in the UK, mm-hmm. which has a, well, now in the UK, they have an autumn and a, an April budget. It used to be a once-a-year thing in, in April. Now, here, we also have an annual budget. And as in the UK Parliament, a budget must be approved by Parliament so that the measures like increases on, I don't know, VAT on wine or increase in fuel duty or whatever, or pension increases, these sorts of measures that affect the day-to-day life and costs of people are passed as a measure of financial package and it has to be approved by Parliament. One thing the government here is very concerned about, as elsewhere, is the cost of living crisis and free public transport has been a goal for many. Now, we will remember that this has been available so far. All that is new now is that politicians have agreed to include the proposal, Mm -hmm. having got funding agreed by Madrid, to go into the legislation to provide free buses and trams throughout 2023. Now, two points to make. One, it is not yet voted on in Parliament, so it's very unlikely that it won't be, but it is not going to happen until it has been agreed and approved by Parliament. And two, it is not a literal free-for-all. It will be available, as I understand it, only to those people who have a monthly Bono card for the bus or or the tram. And these are for senior citizens or residents or students. Mm -hmm. And so it won't just be anybody coming to the island can get on a bus and not have to pay a thing. So Um, those are details, I presume, that still need to have I's dotted and T's crossed. Exactly so. And as I started by saying, this has still got to be added as a clause into legislation, which has yet to go before Parliament. It's very unlikely that it will not pass. Mm -hmm. But until we see the law as it is approved, we won't know the actual detail. But it looks like it's overwhelmingly going to be, if not exclusively, going to be for residents. And from what I'm reading in some of the papers, I mean, they're talking about uh, an allocation of 81 million euros to mm-hmm. to the Cabildo of Tenerife, I presume, because they're the ones who actually operate the transport, which is a public transport system. I mean, that, that needs to be underlined. And also that um, fares, bono fares, have been 
at 50% of what they were last year. So we've already been moving in that direction. Exactly so. And at a time when other countries are moving away from free transport, Germany, for example, had a nine euros a month package for public transport um, until very recently, but they've abandoned that now because obviously providing free public transport is has to be paid for by someone. By somebody, yeah. And yeah. It, it shows good socialist principles, I have to say, that in the end, this is likely to happen for residents um, at the very least on all buses and mm. all the trams in the, throughout the islands, not just Tenerife. And I mean, I, from, again, there also seems, it's just as an aside, that there is going to be um, a 100% reduction in the cost of transport of uh, produce, mercantias coming from Spain to the Canary Islands. Can I remind people, one of the reasons, for instance, that Canary Island residents get a 75% discount on transport to the mainland is that we are what is considered an ultra-peripheral zone. So for a Canarian resident to go to Madrid to um, attend something that is of, that is of national urgency, they need to travel to Madrid. So even flights are considered an essential part of public transport, which is why the state gets involved in paying for transport. And I think that must always be remembered. It's not just that it's a gift. It's gift because it's essential. And I would also just add to that that it's not even singly a Spanish gift. It's not that Spain is favouring residents. It, It is an EU plan for all those people within the EU who live in a part of a nation state who is a member state of the EU, but who are very far removed from the centre of their own country, as, for example, the Canaries are from Madrid, and as Madeira is from Lisbon. Exactly. So, I mean, this is... It's just, an EU-wide thing. And, and it's, obviously it benefits us to, to, to me, in many ways. Um, Indeed. So. so we'll keep an eye on that bus. It's 99% likely to pass, but just to kind of... It's not going to happen till January, and when it happens, there might be conditions... The other thing I just wanted to have a quick chat with you about was, again, it was in the news, that Spain, according to a report by Publituris, Spain is going to ask Brussels to lift the rule for British tourists. This is the 90-day and 180-day rule. Now, obviously, people got very excited about this. (laughs) Um, But Spain can't just change the rule. It can appeal or ask Brussels to do it. My personal feeling is that Brussels will feel that this is not urgent and it'll go on a very long finger. Okay, let me just lay it out in clear, stark terms. This is um, the express wish of, understandably, the tourism minister who has said, because of Brexit, British tourists in particular can't come for the more than 90 days they used to be able to. And wouldn't it be lovely if we could actually have them in for more? Spain wants British tourists and they love the ones that used to come for four or five months, and now they can't do that. So it was a wish expressed by a tourism minister. His responsibilities are tourism. Yes, Spain is aware that this is affecting the overall economy, that it is a strong desire of the tourism department, but the EU is not the issue here. Schengen area is the issue, because the 90-day rule is a Schengen area rule, and Spain is a member of the Schengen area. Now, the Schengen area and the EU, if you put the map of Europe over the Schengen area and the EU, they would be virtually the same, but they are not identical. No. And the whole idea of a Schengen area is 
that there are there is no border mm-hmm. essentially you can just move freely within now as we all know the reason brexit has caused a problem is because the uk specifically chose to give up freedom of movement indeed and indeed they were never in any case a part of the schengen area they were only allowed into the Schengen area because they were an EU member. Which so now it's an Irish to issue too, because Ireland aren't in Schengen, but are in the EU. Exactly. Now, so Britain is twice removed. It's not in Schengen, it's not even in twice the EU. Twice removed. God, that sounds <coughs> so harsh. What, what Spain <laughs> is hoping to do is to come up with some sort of way of achieving the impossible, because short of leaving Schengen, which they are absolutely under no illusions is going to happen, it'll never happen the Spain will leave the EU or Schengen. Mm. Uh, unless that happens, there is no way around the 90-day rule. It is a wish to find a way of allowing some Brits to come in for more than 30, 90 days that is being expressed, and that's all it is, a wish. In, its, in essence, it's a wish that Brexit hadn't happened. What they're trying to do, therefore, is find another way the EU can tolerate <clears throat> to allow people to do this. And the way Spain has come up with so far, basically, is to introduce various types of visas for people. This isn't going to help the very tourist market they want, but there's nothing... No, Everybody's hands are tied here. The UK has left the EU. They were only allowed into Schengen because they were EU members. Now they're not in the EU or Schengen. Spain is not going to leave Schengen just to get a couple of months more for British tourists and, and I would imagine there would be so many complications because if somebody was allowed to stay more than 90 days, they would be virtually a prisoner in Spain because they couldn't then get in a car and go to France or Germany because that would kind of screw up well, I mean, the 90 are, days rule anyway. Yeah, there are already reports in the press. Let's be quite clear, this is not just a Spanish problem. No. It's hitting Spain because Spanish tourism needs the British... Um, you know, the pound that they're bringing in. But there are reports from other countries, for example, Denmark, Mm -hmm. where people have been deported for overstaying the 90 days because they no longer can, simply because the UK is not in the EU anymore and was never in Schengen. And Schengen is a passport-free zone, which is virtually identical with the EU, and it is partly agreed. One other thing to say on this is that the EU itself, far from granting Spanish dreams, (laughs) is actually going to be bringing in its own visa waiver scheme next year. So the British tourists from some point next year are going to have to go through a visa waiver registration process, just like you have to do to go to America. Exactly. And so they're going to have to pay a little bit of money. I think it's some seven euros or so. For three years, I think. And they will be able to come in, but they have to register online. So the EU, and particularly Schengen, knows who's coming in, how long they're staying, and anyone who ever stays is jeopardising future rights of access to the country. Okay, Janet, so we're not going to be looking at British tourists who've been here for four months riding on the free buses in January. I'm afraid, <laughs> as, as usual, I am a Cassandra. No free buses for tourists and no more than 90 days. <laughs> Janet Hanscombe, it's always a pleasure. Thank you for being our Chief Explainer. For the latest news and in-depth interviews from here and abroad, don't miss English Time. Radio Sir Adeki. Now, I'm joined by a busy man. I don't know if he needs uh, a visa to stay in Spain. I doubt it because Ian Montgomery has lived here longer than I have, I think. Ian, thank you. Welcome back to English Time. Uh, You're busy this week and next week because the rally Via de Adeki is on on the 24th of November. 
on fire since last uh, Monday. We had a little chat with all the media, with the, all the concejales as well, of all the uh, town halls around the the, 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 the uh, nine town halls, helping to, to, to bring out this fantastic rally. It's the last of the championship, the um, principal drivers, co-drivers, teams of the national championship are coming over here next week. They'll be here about this week weekend and, and start all the preparations for for starting off on the rally next week. And, and we know who's going to be the, the, the champion. We're going to know who's going to be the champion in the Canary Islands as well. There's nearly 50 good teams. There's even a, a team that's coming from the World Rally Championship. It's all great stuff. It's all it's happening. And is this the first time that our rally is the decider and, you know, becomes the important all-deciding one that names the champion? Yes, because we've had a, a change on the calendar. Okay? Mm-hmm. We, we normally go around May. Remember, we used to be in May. And Indeed. We go, yeah, hand-to-hand with the very important rally in uh, in Gran Canaria, Rally Islas Canarias. What we normally do is, well, all the teams that come down for the mainland We'll drive through through Tenerife and then go to Gran Canaria and go up again. So it's the same boat that's coming down and going up. But this year has been a very big change on the calendar because one thing and another. So, Paulie, uh, on on uh, at the beginning of the of the of the year, sat down with all the organisers with the Real Federación as well, and uh, well, he was saying, okay, well, we're going to be the last ones, but what if the championship is already done? Oh, what we're going to do? So we've been very, very lucky. Last two weeks ago, we were in Rally La Nucilla, that was in Alicante, uh, just on top of Benidorm. And uh, the championship, well, uh, didn't, wasn't decided there. So all the great cars, the big cars, the FIA cars, we call the international cars, um, cars we see in the in the world championship, are coming down. So the best cars, there's about 14 of them from from the mainland and from the Canary Islands. Great cars are going to be here. And then so it'll be down to the wire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be very, very, very good. Very interesting. In, even yeah, we, we've got the two championships on, going on. That's the Spanish championship and the Canarian championship. We've got Enrique Cruz, for example. Okay, so he's a, a big champion, big Canarian champion. He hasn't had the opportunity to go to the mainland and, okay. and drive against all these guys no? because he's got too much work and this and that and the other, right? So, but he's a guy that will uh, compete against them. It's a name we're going to watch, is it? Yes, it's a name yes. we've got to keep in the headlines. Yes, 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 yes. It's going to be very good. We're going to have two days of real fun. There's so wait, the, sorry. sorry to interrupt you. It's just we're running out of time. And I know people will want to know where can they go to watch this happening? Well, that's what I was going to say. We, we've got one more day. Last night we had the presentation down in GF Victoria uh, Hotel. And we explained a lot of things. On the Facebook, on Esquire, there's the, there's a whole presentation there. Okay. To, to give a bit more information. There's a website as well, rallybiyadeje.com. Right? Perfect. As well. And um, we've got one more day of competition. What's going to happen? Well, no, it's not competition. It's going to be a bit more fun. All right? On Thursday night, we normally had the start-off ceremony. We used to do that on Friday. But we're going to do it on Thursday night. Thursday night just in front of the town hall in Aleje, just in the middle of, uh, of Aleje, and just next to the nice plaza. There's going to be a very nice podium. Next Thursday. Off, yes, we're going to start off Super. about 8 o'clock at night. Okay, So everybody can go down there, see all the 
great cars, get a signature, get a photo. There's going to be quite a big fun. I'll be there animating a bit, a bit of English, a bit of Spanish. This is <laughs> right. Perfect, okay. Ian. I'm afraid Thank we're out of time. It's always a pleasure to talk to you, and I'll see you next Thursday there. It's an honour and a pleasure. I hope to see you. See you next Friday, Thursday. Okay, thank you, Ian Montgomery from the Rally Day.